up, everybody? My name is JT Harker with the Backstage Sports Show. Uh, my co-host Joe Connor is in Vegas for work. He's drumming. He's doing what he does best, acting like an idiot in Vegas. I hope he's hitting all the strip clubs. But today, we have a former guest of the show. He's my guest co-host. He's a very good friend of mine. His name is Steve Boss Haas, founder, creator of 7Percenter 7 Clothing Brand. And we're about to be doing some big things with them. What's up, brother? What up, my boy? How you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Can you introduce our other our other bro here that's uh, that's coming all the way from Vegas? Yeah, man. I mean, me and him go way back. You know, we're we're technically not real life brothers, but we're brothers. Uh, right. I met when he was uh, four years old, and I was ten when I moved out here from Chicago. Um, his mom and my mom became best friends, and him and I became best friends. And um, supported him through all his years of football and sports and basketball, just everything. Just an amazing person, super talented, super uh, intelligent. Um, and then we started working together as artists, him as an artist and me as his manager. Did some amazing things, worked with Nipsey Hustle, just man, Japan, Korea. We did everything together um, as far as musically. Did a lot of videos together, and we're slowly getting back into doing a lot of music videos together again. It's my brother. I love him to death. Kwame Don. Hey, what's Kwame up? What's Don, up? Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely, man. I appreciate that. That was a that was official intro right there. I appreciate you coming on. And now, man, like we should have just had my my co-host. He's already out there in Vegas. We should have had meet out with you. Are you out there right now? Yeah, yeah. He could have pulled up on me. And I'm sorry to report that strip clubs are closed right now. So he's not going out. <laughs> I know. I, I heard they're doing they're doing all virtual. It's all remote. Yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, I feel like we all already know how to do that without strip clubs doing it. <laughs> but, um, but give everybody your real your real name because obviously Quam the Don is your uh, is kind of your stage name. Yeah, yeah. So my real name is Adrian Ayadarko. Um, yeah, you can see the jersey back there, Ayadarko. So that's my for sure. Name. So I'm gonna give you shout outs real quick on all your stuff. So you can find him at at, at Quam the Don on Instagram. Um, his new video, Threat to Society, giving a lot of love to Kobe Bryant and the Lakers is on YouTube right now. Um, you can find him on YouTube. Your YouTube channel is just Quam, right? Yeah, yeah. K-W-A-M? Yep. Okay, for sure. Yeah, the video looks dope, dude, and the song's dope as well. Appreciate it, man. Um, so I've known you for a while. Obviously not as close with you as bosses. Right. And I knew, I remember that you played sports. I remember we talked about it, and that was kind of the bond we all shared is that we grew up playing sports. But I had no idea you're a Duke University graduate. Yeah, yeah. And um, when you said Duke, I was like, like, is this Duke Community College, like in Northern California? <laughs> <laughs> Duke, Pine, Duke uh, Pine Bluff, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Duke West Hills, man. It's a great school. It's a right, great right. school. Let's stick on football a little bit. Obviously, the big headline right now, Cam signs with the Patriots. And just to yeah. give a shout out to, to my co-host, Joe Connor, he's been screaming about this forever. I thought it made sense too, but then I was like, oh, there must be a reason that they're not signing him. And then all of a sudden, right. boom, they waited, whatever the reason is. Maybe they're waiting on some sort of doctor to, to check Cam out. I don't know, but mm -hmm. he's there. Obviously, we got the great Tom Brady with the Bucks. What, what are your guys' I thoughts? I love the Cam Newton signing. I, I've, I've been a fan of that move since day one. People were talking about him coming to the Bears, and honestly, I just didn't think he was a good fit with the Bears. I'm not saying I didn't like Cam. I just didn't think he fit. Well, what we were trying to do. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if anybody's a good fit for the Bears, bro. Like, who's, who's, <laughs> who's, <laughs> hang up, bro. We got, we got to try something, man. You got to try something. Uh, you know, who has the bigger year, Bucks or the Pats? Oh, Bucks. <laughs> you can go Bucks? 
Bucks. They got, I mean, the weapons over there, Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Godwin, Gronk. I mean, they got, and then they just drafted a couple old linemen, too, that are studs, like, well, it, yeah. isn't, isn't that the deal? Like, it's great that Cam's in New England, and, God, my buddy Rhino is probably jumping for joy. He's a Boston native. But, but the, the, they still have the same talent level. Right. Right? It's, yeah, it still takes still time. A lot, of, a lot of weapons on offense as far as, like, on the perimeter. You know, their wideouts are still, you know, questionable outside of Edelman. Right. Um, but, you know, they're going to ride their defense. You know, they had one of the top defenses in the league last year. And, you know, Belichick is Belichick. He's going to scale yeah. them to a lot of wins. So, um I don't think you can count them out until somebody you know, takes that AFC East crown. Do you, do, you uh, think, do you think they're a Super Bowl contender? I don't know right about now? Super Bowl contender. I mean, I think they're definitely, um, you know, contender to, to, to make the playoffs and win the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Super Bowl may, may be a little lofty with a brand-new quarterback. Yeah, they're in a historically bad division, which is one reason they've been able to kind of be on top for a while. So Exactly. That'll be interesting. And we think the Bucks. we think Tom Brady's still got enough to win a Super Bowl, yes or no? Yes. I think so. If the, I, think so. I mean, everything's going to have to fall, you know, his way. But, you know, the AFC is really tough now, obviously, with KC and, um, and Baltimore. So, you know, uh, and even the NFC, like, you got to get past the Saints in your own division. The Niners are still there. You got to get past the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> the Bears got to get past the Vikings and the, and the Packers first. And the Lions. And the Lions look at, you know what I mean? The Lions is chomping at the bit too. <laughs> I just don't. Hey, can we just interject, get off football for just one second? Quam, who do you think the greatest basketball player of all time is? Jordan. My man. <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> There you go. There you go, Joe. I had to throw that in. Do you think Dion is the greatest athlete of all time? He's, he's in the conversation for he's sure. He's got to be up there, man. I, I put I, I put him in Bo, Bo Jackson. Yeah. I would say right, right, right Bo there. Jackson. Do you know what the other sport Bo Jackson played in college other than football and baseball? What? Track, he right? He did track, and he, he would have been an Olympian based on what he was doing at Auburn and track. So oh, yeah, that's he was running that, like a four. I think he ran like a four one five or something, something crazy four two. Something stupid. Yeah. Get this: in high school, he was the state champion for whatever. I think is he, he's from Alabama. He was a state champion of the decathlon, whatever the one is that has all the events. He didn't even run the mile. Anything else, but yeah. Deion San Deion Sanders in high school was a three time state champion basketball player. And I think his senior year averaged 24.6 points a game. So wow. he could have gone to pretty much any school he wanted to for basketball and probably played pro. So, you know who's a sleeper athlete, though? Allen Iverson. I'm not a sleeper athlete. Crazy. He's but crazy. he was a, he he was was a amazing too. basketball player. But he was a stud on the football field, too, though. He was, yeah. Point. That boy was a beast, he, man. Playing he, corner, corner, yeah. like quarterback and yeah. safety. Can you imagine him with those long arms and that quickness playing cornerback, though? Man, that'd have been be- nasty. That'd have been nasty. How about this? L- let's go back. Wilt Chamberlain, you know about him other than basketball? He did high jump, I know. He did high jump, and he did the hurdle, and he, he would have been an Olympian too. He would have been an Olympian at seven feet tall a- as a sprinter. Wow. That's crazy. For sure. If you say look up, it was Jordan for sure. I mean, I had Jordan posters all over my room. I had a Bo Jackson poster in my room. I had that one where he had the – the shoulder pads and the baseball bat at the oh, same yeah. time. I had that same one. photo, yeah. So yeah. 
I mean, guys like that. And then as I got older, I kind of like refined it to people who, you know, actually played my position. So I would, I would watch like top receivers and um, Jerry Rice. Obviously, I was a big uh, hero of mine growing up, being a Niners fan. Um, Grant Hill. Oh, you're yeah. There definitely was a Grant Hill phase. Yeah, yeah. You were, you were a big Grant Hill fan. It's funny that you ended up going to Duke. Yeah, yeah. Duke, you know what I mean? But I remember you had the Grant Hill shoes. Yep, you're right. You I, a, I still have the Grant Hill Pistons jersey, I think, in my closet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's why I wanted to see if you were to say Grant Hill. Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. He was definitely one of my favorites. Like, you know, his transition in, like, his rookie year, he was a stud, you know. Yeah, he was yeah. co-rookie co of the year with Jason Kidd, I believe. Correct. You hear what Stephen A. Smith had to say about the bubble? What'd he say? I, he I, said, I listen to him every he said, day. Yeah. He said, players in Orlando will break the bubble rule because they have to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> and he was dead serious. I didn't, I didn't hear that one, but... I know, didn't hear that either. That's not, uh, that's not totally far-fetched, you know what I mean? That's what he yeah. said, because, I mean, you think about it, that's a long time to be in a bubble. It was like three months, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, that's a you're talking about some of these kids are 20 years old and they got to sit in a bubble in okay. Florida. Who you think has the most to lose? So we have LeBron and the Lakers combined. Mm -hmm. All right, that's one. We have the Milwaukee Bucks as a whole. We have the Houston Rockets. We have the 76ers, and we have Brandon Ingram. <laughs> I know he sounds like the odd man out. Yeah, I got to hear your rationale on that one. Obviously, LeBron, the Lakers, there's several reasons everybody knows about. Um, and actually, I want to throw the Clippers in here, too. Throw the okay. Clippers in here. Um, Milwaukee Bucks, because they don't know how long the Greek Freak's going to be there, right? right. Houston Rockets, just because James Harden and, and um, Westbrook are kind of about to be out of their prime. And right. who knows what that window is for them. 76ers, because if they don't pull it off soon, that their star core – could start shifting around, leaving. They're going to be trading, go back and go back to the process. You know <laughs> right. I mean? Brandon Ingram, though, he's one guy who is now scheduled for next season. He'd be getting either a max contract or somewhere near a max contract. I think Brandon Ingram, as much as we don't know about COVID and the potential long-term side effects, I think he should be more worried about, you know, a torn ACL or an Achilles coming off right. of a long break. But I think him being so young nowadays, even if guys, I mean, you look at KD, he tore his, obviously he's not KD, but KD tore his Achilles and got, you know, a super max, max, max. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think the guy has proved himself. He was an all-star this year. So even if he gets hurt, you know, knock on wood, um, I think he'll still get that max contract somewhere. I think LeBron and the Lakers, and, and, and my bias is because I have Chicago in my mind. <laughs> There's <laughs> always a little side. I think I gotta get around too. But hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. And I've been preaching this. I've been saying this, man. But I think LeBron trying to cement his legacy as one of the GOATs. I mean, obviously he's up there. Him, Jordan, Kobe. I mean, it, it's undeniable, right? But I think his window's closing. So I think that's why he's pushing the play because he wants that championship. He is the favorite to win it. Him and, you know, Kawhi are right there and, and the Greek Freak. But I think he knows AD's leaving. And I think AD knows he's leaving. I think AD wants to get back to his hometown of Chicago. You know what I mean? So I think, like, look, let's get, let's do this. Get in this championship now. AD, go ahead and go. Because LeBron wants his statue at the Staples Center. He's got to bring a championship to L.A. He knows when AD leaves next year, it's going to be harder for him to recruit an, another AD to come to L.A. and play with him. 
you know what I mean, someone of that stature. So I think LeBron is trying so hard to get, even if it's an asterisk championship, he wants it. Right. He wants it because I feel like he knows that AD, AD didn't sign no max contract. He didn't sign no long-term contract with the Lakers. He knows he wants, he does a lot of stuff for the community in Chicago. D Rose is up for free agency. So D Rose could go there and him and D Rose are tight and they're brothers and they, they do, they both do a lot in the community. So maybe that's something that I'm, me personally, I'm hoping. <laughs> this kind but, of guy in all Chicago gear right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, you we, see, know, you we, we know, we know what you're hoping boss. We know. <laughs> but you know, but mine is Chicago, but you see what I'm saying though, as far as AD possibly leaving and LeBron is on his, this end of his career wanting to get that championship in L.A. I mean, he has a championship everywhere he's gone. He needs one in L.A. If he doesn't bring one to L.A., then, you know, it's going to look like, well, you failed. You know what I mean? Especially towards the end of his career. So I think there's a little bit of pressure on him to bring a championship to L.A., to the Lakers, of all places. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I well, definitely what do you, agree. What do you I got to say LeBron and Lakers, too. And, you know, full disclosure, I'm a Lakers fan. But I think, you know, LeBron, his window's closing as far as his age. Um, the window's closing as far as just the Lakers in general, like Steve said, with having all the, you know, championship pieces. They're having a great year. You know what I mean? Everybody's, you know, most people pick them to win it all before everything shut down. So I think they have the most to lose. I mean, they finally got all their kind of ducks in a row in yep. for a championship. And now it's like, you know, obviously that, uh, that kind of got sidetracked. And now they're trying to regroup and, and still, you know, capitalize on that. And as far as the asterisk, I don't think, you know, maybe right away, people, some people may be talking to asterisk, but, and depending on how many people get COVID, get injured, you know, God forbid. There's so many variables. Yeah, a star gets injured, whatever. But at the end of the day, like, you got to think back to, you know, the lockout season when the Spurs won a chip. You know, nobody says uh, Tim Duncan has four chips and one asterisk chip. Right, he right. Chips. But you know LeBron I mean? is in a different category. He wins in this year. They're going to say, well, it was the COVID year. That'd be even because there's so many LeBron haters. Tim Duncan, he's just right. so quiet and and so under the radar. And then no one kind of talks about yeah. Tim like that. It, it's all. It's also because everything he does is going to be compared to MJ, which isn't everything. fair. But everyone knows he's cha everyone knows he wants to get. I mean, as many chips as he can. But you know what he's thinking? He's thinking if me and AD can make this thing work and we can keep building around this, why can't we rattle off three in a row? Right. You know, right. he's not thinking small. He's not thinking one. He's thinking, like, let's do this. Let's start a dynasty. For sure. But in reality, he could win eight. And the same people that are saying that Michael Jordan's better are still going to – Milwaukee, they haven't won an NBA championship since 1971 with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robertson. Milwaukee doesn't get a lot of opportunities to win championships. Right. Um. If they lose, they don't get a lot of stars, and they finally have a star. And they that, don't get a lot of stars. I mean, who's the last star? They had Ray Allen. Yeah, Ray Allen. They had the big dog. dog. <laughs> they had Vin Baker. I mean, they've had, they haven't had a lot of contenders, and Giannis is a once-in-a-generation talent. Yeah. So, to me, I mean, all these guys got something to lose, but if you don't win it in the next one year, maybe two years, if they don't figure out what Greek Freak's going to do yet, if he ends up there two years, that's it. So – that's this season and next season, right? So, and then he's gone. He's most likely. He's going to try to go form a super team somewhere. Hopefully that super team will be with the Warriors, Giannis. But, um. Yeah, I don't know about that. He doesn't, he doesn't, strike, me, he doesn't strike me as a super team kind of guy. He, he strikes me as a hard-nosed guy. 
I love Milwaukee. I want to win it here. You know, if anything, maybe he gets a guy to come there. But, you know, he's kind of he's kind of old school, you know, put my head down and work. So I don't know if he's with that super team stuff. That's what that's what uh, Joe says all the time. He's like, yeah, he strikes me as the guy that just wants to stick it out. But I don't know. Two more seasons. I want to I want to see how much he wants to stick it out after losing for two more years. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, they could very well they could win it this year, and then who knows? Yeah, man. they could, they could. Shot as anybody. But that's where I'm at. Like, if they don't get it done this year, um, that means they've got maybe one year left, unless he decides, you know, I'm out. So I think there's yeah. a lot of pressure on them as an organization because if he goes, no, yeah, you, 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 you're not gonna uh, uh, lure another big star to Milwaukee. You've got to do it again through the draft. That's not an easy yeah. thing to do. Yeah. But you know. Getting into Black Lives Matter, guys, um, are you are you both of mixed race? Yep. Can, can we talk about something a little more personal with you guys? Like, one, aside from what's going on right now, obviously there have been big things happen in our lifetime. We're all about the same age. What was it like growing up mixed race? And, and then what's it like right now dealing with where you're kind of not on both sides, so to speak, because I think the sides and the walls are breaking down. Seeing as many white people and people of other races going out supporting Black Lives Matter was incredible to me because I've never seen that in my lifetime. But going to your guys' experience growing up and what you're going through right now. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, it was it was uh, a little you know, different to navigate, I guess. You know, my mom is white. My dad is um, not only black, but African. Um, so, you know, I would get teased when I was younger, you know, you hear the Oreo or, you know, you're not, you're not black enough. You know, I grew up in right. you know, kind of a, um, a inner city type of uh, environment neighborhood, but then I went to private school. So, you know, I kind of had the, uh, both sides, not only, you know, in my neighborhood and school and then being, you know, half black, half white. Um, and I remember, you know, way back to like Montessori school and elementary school, like almost being embarrassed when my mom came to pick me up. Because kids would just ask questions, you know, kids are kids. That's not your mom. She's white. That can't be your mom. Right. You know what I mean? So I'd be like embarrassed and like, you know, trying to explain and just like, mom, just like wait outside or stay in the car or like, I don't want you to come on this field trip. Right. So right. I went through all those different things. But as I got older, you know, it became a, a strength for me. You know what I mean? And something uh, uh, I'm proud of. Um, and just being able to, like, like you said, see both sides. Have I have white family members. I have black family members. It allows me to kind of navigate and move in different rooms um, and kind of understand both sides. So to me, it's a it's an ultimate strength to be able to see the world from two different sides. Yeah, I totally I totally agree with him. Uh, similar background, same. I don't know my father though. I, I just recently found out my dad's actually Haitian. Um, my mom's wife, she passed away a year and a half ago. Uh, grew up in Chicago. Uh, got picked. My whole family's white except for me. Um, so growing up, you know, got picked on a lot, got called Oreo a lot, same, same, you know, stories with Adrian, you know, I didn't want my mom to come with me or I got kids telling me that's not your mom. I used to think I was stolen. I'm like, I, this, this is not my family. This is not my family. Like, I cannot be this, like, why am I here? Where's my dad? Right. And not knowing my dad and having, you know, having those answers to my questions just even made it more difficult for me, um, growing up. Um, but I definitely agree with Adrian. It's definitely a strength now. I can navigate. I can maneuver any room. I can mingle with anybody. Um, but it, now, just with Black Lives Matter, you know, Black people, too, I feel like we've been taught not to really talk about what him and I are just talking about. Like, you got to have 
you got to have thick skin and, you know, ah, you're just angry black people, you know, forget about it. But now I've been telling people, I've been so comfortable and so excited about just talking about it, like selling my story and hearing other people's stories. And you can, you can tell, you could talk to any black person and, and talk to them about, you know, when you walk into a room, you know, when you're getting looked at, at a, because you're black and then you got to prove to people like, well, is he that type of black person? What type of black person is this going to be? Is he, is he one that I can talk to and joke with about him being black and talk about watermelon and talk about all that chicken and stuff or grape soda? Or is he one of those guys I can't talk? And you really, honestly, JT, you can feel it. And then we always had to prove ourselves. We have to literally prove ourselves to them that we're smart enough, that educated enough, articulate enough to actually do the job or do whatever we have to do. And we're just not like, an athlete or a rapper or you know something of that nature where we're entertaining so it feels good to actually talk about it now openly and hopefully have an adult conversation about it and and actually you know teach some people some stuff and learn some stuff on both ends myself included boss i wonder like what you experienced being out on the streets with dub and and the type of love you guys were experiencing or even some of the, the the hate i only saw the videos that were a lot of positivity which i appreciate but what was it like out there Man, you know, I live in Santa Clarita, so, you know, there was one now with the, there was a march out here in Santa Clarita, and I remember my heart was talking to me, like, man, I had to go, I had to go, I had to go, so I ended up going, um, and I saw nothing but, like, white people, man, and I remember just thinking to myself, like, this is amazing, and I remember going around telling just them, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, because, like I said, I, I posted a video not too long ago, it feels like you know, you're in a fight, right? You're in a, you're in a scrap. Like you're just, you're, you're swinging, you're fighting. If you guys ever been in a fight, you know, 30 seconds of a fight, it, it, it can, it can wear on you. So you just like, you scrapping, but now it's 400 years, you scrapping. And then you go to swing your last haymaker just to hopefully it connects. And then you got, you know, all these, your backups coming and they don't even look like you. And they come and say, look out, watch out. I got you. Step to the side, brother. I got you. My voice is louder than yours right now. You know what I mean? Like we, our weapons are stronger than yours. And um, let us, let us speak for you because you, you got, you're tired. You've been fighting for so long. Let us talk for you. Let us, let us fight for you. And that's what it feels like for me personally. I'm like, just seeing that, hearing it and seeing the hate in this man's eyes. Like we, we have such a long way to go, man. We have so, but you know, it's, it's nice to see that the people that were yelling at him right back were white people, Asians, Latinos. And, you know, there weren't even that many black people out there, to tell you the truth. And they, and it was the one, they were ones going at, I mean, the police had to break them up. I mean, this guy was getting his brand new truck belted with water bottles spit on everything because he was just going crazy. But for the most part, that was the only time, and I did one in uh, Hollywood with, with Stevie Dub. And that one was uh, put together by YG. And there was probably five miles worth of people, man. That was crazy. Amazing. It was amazing. Ron Artest was there. I saw Ron Artest. He was like, we were walking. He was just, you know, he wasn't covered up or nothing, man. He was marching. He had his sign out. You know, just the love that everybody had out there. I mean, for me, moving forward in my life, like when I'm 60, 70, 80 years old, and I can look back on my life and I can say, man, you know what? I did my part you know, on chain, helping change the world. 
and, and changing it to the direction that we all needed to be in. And it felt good to be out there, man. It, it's, everything that Kwame and I have been through in our life, you know, um, and every black person has been through, it's like it felt good to be out there and fighting for what's right, equality. Thank you, guys. Boss, thank you for co-hosting with me. You stepped up. And thank you, thank you both for, for loving MJ over LeBron, because that's what this show <laughs> that's what this show is all about. And um, Quam, real quick, just uh, remind everybody where they can find you and um, and anything happening right now for you. Yeah, thank you guys for having me, man. Um, thank you. you can find me on social media, Quam the Don, uh, K W A M T H A D D O N, on uh, you know Twitter, um, Instagram, and then you know check out my latest videos called Threats to Society, directed by Boss Halls. Um, it's a little Kobe tribute. Oh, I didn't then, even know that. I didn't even know oh, yeah. that. Oh yeah, Boss shot shot and directed that here in Vegas. So. Oh, that's um, dope. We have a nice Kobe tribute in there and also a tribute to, to Nipsey Hustle in there too. So check that yeah. out. Oh, um, and then you can follow uh, Vegas Nation. Um, that's all of our Raiders coverage. And check out Vegas Nation Blitz every Wednesday. If you have Cox, go to Cox Your View and check out Vegas Nation every Wednesday at 8 p.m. All right. That's what's up. Boss, anything you want to say before we're out of here? Man, thank you, bro. Thank you. You know, I love you. You know, I love you both. And, you know, I'm proud of both of you guys, man. And, you know, I'm just. I'm thankful for this, man. I had a blast.